Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, I am super stoked, majorly honored to have my guest, Bijal Patel. She is incredible, and she requires no introduction. Bijal, welcome. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm super excited to be here. I just, I love your energy and I have no doubts that your podcast is going to bring all the heat for your listeners. So I'm really honored to be here. Well, thank you so much for being here. So tell our guests who you are. Well, my name is Beechel. Um, I started a company called Launch about three and a half years ago, and we focus on getting brand strategy established for online businesses who are established and looking to go to the next level. We also have a coaching arm of the business um, where we really help online entrepreneurs who are more in the earlier stages, more like 10K months, 20K months, 50K months, kind of in that earlier stage entrepreneur and help them understand how can they get to their next levels of success with a specific strategy um, that applies to who they are, what they want to do and where their vision is. That is like the piece that we're really good at. Nice. All right. And I know a huge part of that is your branding uh, and teaching people to brand themselves. Uh, What brought you to this point? What's your background? Oh my God, which part? Let's see. This is always like, so when they talk about there being a long and windy path, I've done the long, I've done the winding, I've done the switchbacks, I've done the U-turns, I've done all of the other things. So like, um, and it's all built itself up. So one thing connects. So I actually started out doing computer science. So I was a computer programmer for a couple of years. Yeah, I know it doesn't really go right now. And then after that, um, I decided I don't like this at all. I was working my first job as a programmer and I worked in like the most dismal, sad, like saddest, like work. It was like, you know, that movie office space. Yes. It was like office space. It was like We're going to need you to work Saturday and probably yeah, work Sunday. Days, and I've got my red stapler and it's like the only thing okay about my cube. So to have like all the cubicles, everything was beige on beige on beige. I made fun of it that I'm beige too. And so if I wore beige, I would have just been lost. Like they would never find me again. I was really motivated to create an inspiring, exciting, energetic environment so that people who work in corporate offices could actually feel like emboldened, empowered, and passionate about what they're good at. So went back to school to do commercial interior design. So I did that for two years and um, had done commercial interior design. So like corporate offices, hotels, spas, co-working spaces, worked with Fortune 500 companies all the way down to startups, all the things in between. Did that for like 10, 15 years, won a bunch of design awards, which was fun. But then eventually COVID hit, saw the writing on the wall and was like, oh my God, if there is ever a time to pivot, because I had slowly, even though I had so much passion for interior design, it had slowly drained out. The industry just beat me down. And, and there was just so many things that I couldn't change about it. And here comes this COVID thing. And I knew that commercial real estate was going to be decimated. So, um, in fell in my lap, branding and branding design for online entrepreneurs. And so been doing that three and a half years, 
the fire is eternally lit, the passion is there and love helping other business owners scale to their next level by using brand and brand strategy. And uh, yeah, this is where I'm at now. I'm not going to say that I won't switch back to something else that I don't know, but this is our current state. Nice. And talk a little bit about how your family plays into that. I know you live in Houston. You have mm-hmm. a husband and are a mom. Yes. Yes. So my husband's extremely supportive. He was, I was dating him when I decided to like leave computer science and go do interior design and go pay for the master's degree. And it's kind of just been, you know, the boyfriend to the fiance, to the husband, to the like now my like entrepreneur power couple. Um, and he's always got my back. So yeah, you are. I saw him while you were speaking and he was there with the kids in tow, like Yes. fully supporting you the whole time. It was beautiful yeah. to see. It was really awesome. So it was really encouraging. He was like the behind the scenes, you know, when you're like all anxious and you're like, I don't know if this is good enough. And like, what if I should have reworked the slides or I don't think this whole thing is good at all. I feel like that's just throw away the whole thing. And you know, he was out in the sidelines, like constantly pulling me back, being the rock, making sure that like, I have a soft place to land when I want to like rip everything apart. So um, I have him, I got my two wonderful kids. One, just my daughter just turned seven and my son who's four. And, um, you know, they've got to pretty much watch me from very early on. My daughter remembers me like driving to work and she used to think I was sad driving to work all the time from that to this. You were. I was. <laughs> and now, and now like, she sees happy mom. Exactly. She says, happy mom. She knows the desk. I get to show her some of my work. And so we're able to instill some of that entrepreneurial spirit into our kids too. Yeah. And were you, did you grow up in an environment like that with, were your parents entrepreneurs or, or motivated in that I way? Know, they're like, I would say they were like business owners. Like we owned a motel before and everything was good there. And then we had this period where things got really rough, where we moved from Indiana uh, down to Florida without a business. So we had four years where my parents were unemployed and we lived in apartments. I went to super ghetto schools, like public schools that are shut down now because they had asbestos. Whoa. 85% of the kids were on free or reduced lunch. Like our car was stolen out of our apartment complex. And like the kid on the bus was like, Hey, we have your Chrysler fifth Avenue. My cousin stole it. It's like, so, what? and I, yeah, it's crazy. So like, you know, that, that is a version of like what exists and where we are and like, depending on where you live in America and what your upbringing was like, but that is hugely monumental to like who I am today and who I've become because like, Amy, I've met you now several times and we chat, we get along super well. And it's because you and I have had colored past. So like we <laughs> can get along with any person any background, any demographic, I don't care. I've worked with billionaires and I can be best friends with the janitor. Like I can see all the different stratas. And I thank it. I literally thank my parents for that really, really shaky time for those four years where all the economics were uncertain and my parents were unemployed and there was fear around, are we going to have enough money to pay for rent? And when's the money going to run out of our savings? And, and after that, my parents bought an Orange Julius, um, which is a smoothie shop. Yeah. So that, and I was working that thing since I was like 12 years old, selling smoothies, working at the mall after I, you know, dropped my backpack off in sixth grade. So like, it is a big part of 
who I am, what I stand for, my passion, and why creating wealth in people's businesses is so important to me. Mm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I got to experience just through your Facebook and social media, but you took your family on a pretty big trip this last year or this year, right? Or you're about to take them on a trip to Turks. Yeah. We're actually going, I had to, I about to go completely rescheduled because my mother-in-law broke her knee in five places. Yep. Two weeks before we were supposed to go, she broke her knee we dropped our plans in our fantastic baller villa, six bedrooms, six bath, 150 like linear feet of private beach. We dropped all of that and we were actually prepared to cancel it. And the people were nice enough when I told them the situation, they actually granted us like the opportunity to reuse it sometime in the oh, future, wow. credit us. Um, okay. If it costs more though, you'll have to pay more for it. So we're actually going uh, July 1st. Oh, good. Heck yeah. But the point is you came from destitute apartment, like free meals at school to being able to provide your family with this experience that no one has ever had that maybe would have not been possible without your effort. Oh, it wouldn't have been like my dad, my dad, literally, I was a little worried that my dad was going to say like, how could you spend this much money? And like, you know, I would get in trouble, even though I'm 40 years old, that my parents would be like, how can you spend this much money on what you're doing? And instead he's like, I think I died and went to heaven. He's like, I thought we were going to have like a hotel or something, you know, maybe, maybe we would have a suite. And then when I showed him the private villa, it was an actual property. Um, they were just they were just totally floored. So whole family's excited. We can't wait to get there. Um, but yeah, you can, you can use wherever you are in your life. And if it is rock bottom, either, either the, like the uh, analogy, the metaphor of rock bottom or actual rock bottom, you can use that as literal leverage to push yourself up and out of the situation you're in. And I'm just proof of that as many yeah. people are. You definitely are. Talk a little bit about that. I'm sure has your mindset had to change, have to change over time about money, the way you grew up and now like spending that money and having the things and the experiences. What is that? I know at least, at least here in the South where we live, I know people are wrapped up with money and we don't really see it as a tool, at least not my, where I came from. Yeah. I think anywhere, anywhere in, so we, we mostly work with anybody who's in America, sometimes Canadians, it has less to do with, I think, geographic and more to do with economics. And yeah. so if you were, if you are around middle-class to lower, lower class to poverty, and you are constantly inundated around those environments where you don't like there isn't extra money. Your parents do live paycheck to paycheck. Like you're not really sure how rent's going to get paid. Um, mom and dad are arguing again over money and you're like over there and overhearing all of it. It gets pushed into your subconscious mind. So yeah, I mean, over a period of time, having had that type of upbringing, I realized and my parents worked, 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 worked. They were the model minority. Like they worked their tail <laughs> off. Like they did the right things. They did whatever. It was not for not. Like they worked super hard, but it just proves the point that working hard doesn't mean, and working hard and doing the right thing does not automatically mean your bank check gets pulled. Your bank right. account doesn't just get pulled for that. So I think that you have got to, here's a nugget, a golden nugget I'd give. You have to first believe 
that you deserve the money. Mm-hmm. Repeat after me, people. I deserve good money in my life. Mm-hmm. I deserve wealth. I deserve wealth. I attract wealth. I get wealth. I keep wealth. I spread wealth. I give wealth. I deserve it though, is where yes. it starts. That's the central node. So I believe in that. Like, I believe in the fact that I deserve it. I have worked my butt off for it. I'm definitely a good person. I'm definitely a giver backer. Um, I'm definitely a keeper realer. I'm definitely, a, I like luxury experiences and I don't feel bad about posting about it. And there's too much of America that's locked up in the game of getting, and just to speak to this for a second, I'm not Christian by nature. You know, I believe in Hinduism and stuff like that, but I have noticed that some of the church messages gets confused with some of the money messages. And I just want to make it really, really clear for you that if you believe in God and you believe you're a good person, you deserve to make money too. Like you don't have to live in poverty. Money is not a sin. It's people who misuse money that are sinful that also abuse money. It's yes. not the other way around. So money yes. is simply energy and you deserve it too. Like your God wants you to be rich too. So get the heck out of your own way and go fill up that bank account. Right? Yes, girl. Yes. Fill it up. Attract it. The power of attraction is everything. You deserve yes. it, especially that part about the giver backer. Yes. You can't not earn when you're giving constantly. It's like breathing. You can't breathe out without having to breathe back in. It's just impossible. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of people have that as their intentions, but they feel guilty about something that got misconstrued. And it's like, hey, let's not forget, like keep your bank account separate from your church account. Okay. There are two (laughs) separate things. Your soul account will be fed by the fact that you have money in your account and you can help other people and you deserve to take care of your family first. You deserve to get the nicer and finer things in life. Like just because you give back does not mean you have to live in poverty. It does not mean you have to be middle-class. You can choose to be. And I think a lot of money is a mindset. I really do. I don't think there are people who are at a billion dollars net worth who feel poor. Yeah. They're at a billion dollars. They feel poor because they're comparing to Jeff Bezos. There are mm-hmm. other people who got a dollar to their name and they feel rich. So money is a mindset. Wealth is a mindset. And when we start recognizing that, it has less power over us. Yes. Yes. Take back that power. Listen up. Yes. Listen to Bejel. She knows the things yes. for sure. Yes. I'm so glad you asked that money mindset is so important. It is. And it's really limiting for so many people. Like you said, that grew up middle-class or feel the guilt about earning or, or yeah, it's a whole, a whole vibe that we've got to learn to get over. Right. Um, Right. Cause we're putting our, we're, we're just putting ourselves in the cage and then locking it by having that guilt over out earning your family. Like what if you do out earn your family and then you could be there as a support mechanism when like aunt Betty breaks her leg. Yeah, yeah. Extended hospital in five places in her knee. Exactly. That's expensive, by the way. All the Mm -hmm. accommodations, the PT, all of that stuff, the doctors, all that stuff. So, like, you know, be the example for your family. Don't be afraid to step out. Like, don't let average, dumb, and mediocrity hold you back from what your full potential is. 
Mm-hmm. Speaking of full potential, tell us about what it looks like to be a launch client. The name of your business is Launch. Yes. And how are you launching people in their online businesses? Well, it, you know, depending on which program they're in, we've got the branding side of the business, which is like most of what we focus on. We also have the coaching arm, but it all starts from the same place, Amy. It, it literally starts from doing a deep dive into who the person is. We go deep, 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 deep. You think you're deep? No, you're not. Not at the level we're deep. We are so analytical. We are so present. We are so compassionate. We go really deep to extract out what is your secret sauce? What Mm. makes you you? What about you is going to, once we pull it out, where is your fullest, highest, most potential? What does that person look like? You know, what are their goals? What are their dream? What is their vision? What is the impact that they're having in the world? Who are they helping? Why are they helping them? Um, what's the legacy they leave behind? We look at all of that. When we can map out and extricate out what their secret sauce is, we simply then, we just package it up with the visual branding. So then we've got the logos, the colors, the fonts, the taglines, all of the messaging and positioning. It makes so much sense because we've stopped and take a moment to go super deep with them and understand who they really are. Most of our clients, one of the things that they that, that a lot of them say in unison is that I thought I knew myself really well because I practice self-awareness, strategy journaling, but I've never felt as seen as I did when I was on the calls with you guys. Mm-hmm. So we're able to pull it out and hold a mirror so people see their 2.0, 3.0, 4.0 version of themselves. We introduce them to that person. That is what we do. Mm, really nice. fun. It is like really fun. the funnest, coolest. It's like as fun as like at a gender reveal party where they like pull the thing out. And you're like, <gasps> like you don't have a, there's like not, you have so much adrenaline pumping. You're like, is it blue? Is it pink? Is it blue? Is it pink? Like, it's just, it's so exciting. It It's like that. I, I feel like that's the level of excitement. Yeah. Cause then the person's like, yeah, I know who I am. And, yep. And once- I'm a girl. <laughs> I'm a girl. Yeah. but when they when they find out the truest most potent version of who they are it's like meeting the best and highest version of yourself it is really radically powerful like yeah it creates this passion within people and then their energy level skyrockets and boom they just attract money Um, Mm. they just attract money. Money just starts coming to them. Um, that sounds woo. And it's so true. So I've got my business side. I have a little bit of woo. I kid you not. If you can plug people into their highest potential, money follows that like ridiculous. Um, and it's related to your energy level. Have you ever noticed that you meet someone and you're just attracted to their energy? Oh yeah. You immediately. (laughs) Same back like last year. Right. For real. Yeah. So like same back, like you can feel their energy, like they're in the room, they're in the space. And it's like, that's something to pay attention to and get your body around them because then your energy level will raise as well. That's when you're starting to tap into next level powers of things that are within you that you're just not able to tap into. Nice. So who is this for? Who are most of your clients? Established online business owners. So anywhere from for coaching, it's anybody who's making about 10K revenue months all the way up to 50K revenue months. 
that is what we call like semi-established to starting to get established. Yes, I did clarify that for the audience. 10K months is you semi-established, yes. making six figures a year. You do not die and become a unicorn. There is a lot more runway to go because that's revenue, folks. That's not yeah. what you're bringing in the door. Uh, right. And it's also like being an expander for people to understand that six figures is a starting point. Um, so people who are right at the 10, you know, 10K months to 50K are great for coaching. Um, branding clients, you don't really need to worry about at least a level of branding we do until you're at 50K months to about 250K months. That's generally who our avatar is, which is about 1 million to like 3 million a year um, in annual revenue. Because by that point, they've outgrown their current branding. They've outgrown their identity. They far surpassed where they thought they were going to be. And now all of their messaging and vision and mission and core values really need to be paid attention to so they can develop a culture behind the brand, not just a business that's selling something. And it's a big difference to go from being a business to, to being a brand. Yeah. Yeah. So dive into that a little bit more. What, what truly is the difference? I mean, I'm sure a lot of your clients are, are speakers and coaches and someone who's really building their own personal brand because they are the product. What about yeah. someone who has a product and what is, what's kind of that difference? I would say uh, whether they are the product or they have a product doesn't really matter. What matters from a business to a brand perspective, a business is transactional. You need this. I give you that. You pay me this. I deliver that. Whether it's me and my persona, my coaching, my motivational speaking, here's my product. You can go download it. Oh, here's a course. Oh, you got a box in the mail. <laughs> here's your jewelry. Like whatever it is, it's an exchange of goods. That is business as a definition. A brand is a movement. Mm. It is a movement that creates an actual transformation amongst people. So however that, again, same thing, whether that transformation happens through a box or if it happens through a person to person, like that inspirational person changed you by being around you, it really is, if they hypnotized you, if they coached you, if they're a consultant, it doesn't matter. What matters is the brand is bigger than you are. The brand starts to develop its own three-dimensional person. It starts to develop a following. It has a lot, it has a soul. The brand mm. has a soul. The business is an empty box that makes money. Really different. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So talk to us a little bit about um, building your team. I know you're super proud of the team that you're surrounded by right now. What have some of the challenges been when I know you're a very kind of type A seeming like really in charge and in control of things. What have some of the struggles been with building that team of people around you? The, the struggles start and end with you. You are the problem. You are the problem, yes. you're the hero, and then you're the problem again. And then you might be a hero for a second and then you're the problem. But literally all your team problems are just a mirror of who you are and who you haven't been yet. And that is a punch in the throat and I hope you feel it. So if yeah. your team sucks, you suck. Somewhere, yeah. somehow. You either didn't lead them right, you didn't kick them out right, you should have brought them in differently, you should have never had them, or you weren't clear on your expectations and onboarding. So like it starts and ends with you. You don't get to carry the title of the founder, the CEO, the leader without also having to deal and hold the responsibility of what that looks like. 
So if your team is winning, congratulations, leader. You did the right thing. Your team is losing. That's a you problem. Mm. You can blame somebody all day for who they are and what they didn't do. And they said this and they didn't do it. It still starts and ends with you. You didn't explain it correctly. You didn't hold them accountable. You didn't, you, it is also your responsibility to fire people as quickly as possible if they don't fit in your culture. Yes. Yes. And most people hire really, really fast. And then they fire really slow, which means you have the worst part of everything. So you hang on to dead weight as long as you can. And then what happens? The appendage starts to affect everything else. And then you finally amputate it up. Well, congratulations. When it's rotting. It's rotting and it rotted you and it rotted your other team members and caused them to leave. It is your responsibility as the leader to come in like a freaking ninja with a sharp blade and you got to get rid of the fat. You got to trim the fat. You got to take responsibility if you never should have brought that person in and that it is your fault and you still have to get rid of them. You still need to own the responsibility. So when I say what team, I did a post on this the other day, you know, just similar to like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So yeah. is true for team. When the leader is ready, the team will appear. And Mm. I'm not immune to this. Like I have made mistakes with team. I have hired the wrong team members. I have then moved them around in roles, shifting their seats on the bus, if you will. I've had to let go of people. I've not communicated well what their initial job was going to be. And they're like, you don't have any processes in place. I'm like, why do you need a process? Why can't you just do what I do? Why are you so needy? And like, you know, not (laughs) understanding that like, yes, team members require an onboarding process. Yes, they're going to require you to teach something. Yes, you should have a system or a process, have some form of standard operating procedures or SOPs in play. But at the end of the day, you're, you are a mirror. And so you are going like attracts like. So when those team members are failing, there's a part of you that hasn't resolved in your identity and you're failing too. And you're mm. attracting that because of your energy level. And that was a really, really hard, jagged pill to swallow. And when I finally started to see that I was the common denominator, I started to realize that I have to work more and more and more than I already am on myself. Mm -hmm. And then now here we are, we're in like, quote unquote, honeymoon phase. And even then I had to let go of a team member two weeks ago. And it was still really hard to do. Doesn't matter who you are, how experienced you are, the whole hire slowly, fire quick. That doesn't mean that it's easy to fire someone. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's your baby, right? It's like cutting off a piece of family that you've poured so much into it's I'm sure it's so hard to let that go and restart but I love what you're saying about personal responsibility that's what it really falls back down to take a look in the mirror you know we all have our role to play even if it's some outside force coming against me I have a role to play and have responsibility in that to move forward and past it exactly exactly and if it is an outside force how come you didn't wield that and turn that force into your favor So a lot of business owners, they try to, because it's so much stress, they try to push away the responsibility and the blame and they push it externally. And I I would advise people when you feel the desire to blame things external to you, to turn around and reframe, reframe it and say, 
What if it's more me than I'm willing to admit? Like if my ego, if I was able to take my ego out of my body and just put it into, you know, an insulated cooler for a second, (laughs) just let it hang for a minute, almost like, you know, like a trauma surgeon, let it hang. What would I actually look at? What if it was a friend? So we all look at friends. We look at accountability partners. We look at people in our mastermind. We're like, that guy totally has problems, man. He's so insecure. Like he didn't even know what he stands for. Of course, he's burning through people. We can cast judgment so quickly onto others because we're not biased. When it comes to ourselves, we make a bunch of sorry excuses and we start to excuse away all of our shortcomings. So I just encourage you to take your ego out, put it in the cooler and take a harder look at yourself. And I promise that you'll find the answer that you were looking for whether you want to hear it or not, you need to hear it so you can get to the long-term. That's it. And here's a little free coaching of the coaching arm from launch right here from Beachville, dropping the heat on your ass. Like it's your (laughs) fault, bitch, fix it. It is basically, it is your fault. It is your fault. Not, not even nine out of 10. I just want to clarify it's 99 out of hundred times. It is actually your fault. Um, so you can see how we do really well in coaching, um, yeah. because we don't let people hide from their excuses and because we're able to do that and hold the mirror for them, they're able to finally make progress. They're able to uncage themselves. They're able to break the chains of all of the self-limiting beliefs all of the historical patterns that have happened in their family and their friend cycles in society, they're able to break out of that and finally get to their next level. So yes, it's like a root canal. Sometimes it's painful, but at the end of the day, at least your face isn't hurting like crazy. Um, you gotta, you gotta push through it because resistance is growth. The resistance you will face is growth. So if you are coasting, If you're in some people's coaching program and they're coddling you and you're coasting and it's a love fest all the time, guess what? You are not growing. You are growing Mm -hmm. at a snail's pace. And that just ain't for me. My people want to grow fast, fast, furious, tell it to me like it is. They want that. And once they are honored with the truth, they are then allowed to make a decision on who they really want to be. So you see how we tie that back into their identity? They get to decide. We're going to honor them with the truth they get to decide on if they're going to step into their 2.0 or 3.0 version. Mm. Damn girl, bring it. (laughs) You're preaching today. I love it. (laughs) So the coaching would come before the branding with launch. It depends on, it depends on who the client is. Some of our clients go directly straight into branding and some of the other ones go straight uh, into coaching. Yeah. Sounds like coaching is somewhere most of us business owners need to be with you. If you're less than, if you're between 10K and 50K months, coaching with launch is a good idea because we're able to get you to your next revenue bracket. Like most people at 10K are just trying to get to 20K months. We know how to get people there. Yeah. Four out of five people who've gone through our program since our coaching program is really new. um, It's beta released is they've hit record months. And it's because our unique philosophy of customizing that strategy path of what's going to work for you, Amy, may not be the right thing that works for Bob or works for Sally or works for Chris. Each yeah. person is going to need to be aligned with what their strategy is based on what their vision and goal is. Mm. That's what makes us unique. I love that. Tell us a uh, tell us a success story of one of your clients. What's who's one of your favorite clients? I'm just going to think of this woman who just like came to mind as you said that. And she's one of the four out of five 
Oh my God, freaking love her. Love her willingness to just get up and try again. Get up and try again. Get up and try again. Um, her name is Laura. She, and there's plenty of people named Laura, so I can use her name. Um, she came to us. She's been in business for 12 years. Um, and she basically helps people with marketing on Pinterest. And she's been in business for 12 years and she's been stuck at around 25K months. And when she came to us, all she wanted to do was hit 33K, 25 to 33. And I literally looked at her on the call and I was like, is that it? No, but I, like, I want to do that every month. I was like, well, duh, like who wants to do 33? Like, and when I did that moment of like, that's it. I was like, don't you want to get to like 35 or 40? Like what? She's like, I just, as long as if I can get that next little step there. And I stopped her on the coaching call. That's like initial intake call. And I said, when did you start playing small? And she Mm. was like, damn. I go, when did you think it was good enough for you to just finally make it from 25 to 33. I go, girl, that is in spitting distance. Yeah. That's not even a goal. Like that, that's not even, is that a goal or is that just what's going to happen next? And she was (gasps) like, but I've been stuck here. And I kid you not. So first of all, she did hit her record month. The first month she hit 37 K. What? I told you that 33 number was stupid for her. Yeah. She hit 33 K, but beyond that, she just shared this on our strategy call today strategy fuel meeting. She's like, guys, I booked in a client, they paid. And I told them, Hey, listen, I'm going on vacation with my family for a week. So my team's going to get you onboarded. So, um, I'm not gonna be able to start with you till the 28th. Is that cool? She goes, everyone, every client I booked was like, yeah, totally. It's totally fine. And she finally was able to regain control of her calendar. She didn't have to sacrifice you know, she's got three kids. She didn't have to sacrifice her family time and her vacation time just because she needed to bring the money in the door. And through that, she gained a power in the freedom of what she was building, not just let me make enough money to pay my team and and pay for daycare and barely get by. Yes. And it was just incredible because her mindset has shifted completely. We fixed all of her pricing. We fixed her mindset around wealth. We have her being who she's supposed to be. And she's just out there. Six client, you know, six sales calls on Friday. And she closed a bunch of them. She had like $5,500 days. She sold $5,500 in a day. She was just losing her mind. And we taught her how to come back from a setback. She had a setback through that process and we were able to teach her the universe is going to smack you down after you hit a record month. That's exactly what happens. But here's the thing, you're in the right place and we're going to pick you right back up. We showed her path, you know, take the blue pill like in Matrix and you're going to to devolve. You're going to slide back two steps back. You're going to be the victim. You're going to feel shameful or you can take the red pill and you can be this person. She chose to be the person and she just kept closing. Like, I don't even know if it's up to like 10K at this point in time, but within a week, she changed her mind of who she was going to be, who she was going to be and brought in like an additional eight or 10K. That's amazing. And then went on vacation. Yeah, she's on vacation. She actually was like on our coaching call and was like, can I share my win? Because everyone's waiting for me to hop on the boat. I was like, cool, share your win. Bye. See you later. Yeah. Not only was she closing clients and having them start a week later, she also her identity shifted. And I called her up. I was like, 
dude, you look like Eeyore on our last call. Like eyes all bloodshot. I know your ass has been crying. Have you had wine? You look like you did. And then you're like, this is all like, I'm just like, I don't know why, why I can't sell this offer to them. Like, yeah, I told them they're starting the 28th and I charge them my higher pricing and nobody had any objections over it. Actually, one person told me no uh, out of my six sales calls and it was the first person. I was like, oh, okay, no problem. Bye. I got five other calls. And so right. self-confidence, feeling her embody her 2.0 version, that is so exciting. So you see how the money just came to her. It just flew to her. It was attracted to who she was. So, yes. One of my favorite stories right now, but they're- That's amazing. It's over Many more like it. I can't imagine. There is. It's actually, I, this is something I should do a better job at. So me coaching myself. I should share more client wins. And sometimes I don't for just, I feel like my own like childhood humility sake where I'm like, it's going to sound like I'm not even being real. Like people aren't going to believe me that all of this happened. And like, I kind of have to force myself. So I'm, I'm glad you asked the question because it reminds me that's probably something I should talk about instead of just have it happen and then move on with my day. But um, it's exciting. Well, when so many good things are happening, it's hard to share it all. Yeah, it is. It is. And you, you don't want to seem like, um, you don't want to feel like you lost touch with reality of who you are and that you're a human. And I'm sharing that out vulnerably because I want you to know, it doesn't matter what my level of success is. I'm still a human. I still need coaching. I have a coach. He regularly whoops my ass. Um, and I'm thankful <laughs> for him for that, but he does not allow me to be a lesser version of me. And if he senses that's happening, boom, I'm filleted out on a call. And I'm like, can you stop? Oh, I get it. But I'm better for it at the end of the day. So coaches need coaches. Whoever you are, we all need guidance to get to our next levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And growth is painful. You're right. If you're comfortable, you're not growing. I remember so vividly waking up in severe pain as a kid between like, I don't know, seven and 12 or something with leg pains. Yeah. And they just called it growing pains. I thought I had bone cancer or something. It was that yeah. painful. And I remember, I yeah. remember that exact thing. I had the same thing with the leg pain. Oh my God, it's excruciating. Yes. But guess what? We're all of what? Five, five now. So <laughs> I must've missed those three inches, Amy. Like, What happened to mine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't think if you grew anymore, you'd be taking over the world right now. So I know. I feel like it, like the smaller you are, the more you're like, nom, 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 nom. like you're just like all the passion, like, I don't know. I don't know yeah, like my husband me. says, I get to be like an angry chicken. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I always laugh. I was like, joke with myself. I was like, when my team finally met me, they're like, well, you are tiny. I was like, where do you think all the ferocity comes from? Where do you think all the passion comes from? Like oh, yeah. tiny people, like are like that. Is yeah, exactly. You're like a chihuahua, like complete yeah. persistence, never well, getting They are out. also Amazonian women. They're like all like, all like really, they feel tall. Why do one's five, six, but even her, I was like, dude, you just like, I was like looking up at everyone who's five, nine and five, 10. I'm like, is that normal? Like Jesus. <laughs> but no, it's, it, no, you're absolutely right. Growth, growth, growth is painful. And if we can start trading out, trading out for short-term pain so we can have the long-term game, mm -hmm. if we can start practicing that in business, I see far too often people with good intentions take their foot right off the gas 
right before you're about to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about birth, right? You've had children. I've had children. We've given mm-hmm. birth. Birth wasn't yeah. fun. Birth, and I had all the drugs. I took all the drugs, y'all. I was not <laughs> natural birth, okay? Some of us fierce people don't like actual physical pain, okay? We yeah. all okay with mental pain. Um, but no, it was horrible. But I got a life out of it. I got two. Went back yeah. for seconds. So literally, when you think about it, people tend to give up when they are face down, ass up, because you're just at the end of it all. You can't see clearly. There's nothing left. Everything you tried smacked your ass down. Well, guess what? One more, one more, one more. And something Ed Milet talks about. He's a book out actually called One More. Highly recommend you get it. I'm like obsessed with this dude right now. I actually want to be the female Ed Milet. Um, so Amy, I've shared that on your podcast. First time I've ever admitted it and said it, but I am so like fangirling this dude. I'm like, and then I found out we had to share a birthday. So now I'm deciding. Oh, wow. I'm supposed to be the female Ed Milet, but he's got this book out and you just have to keep telling yourself just one more, just one more, just one more day, just one more hour, just one more offer, one more mm-hmm. sales call, one more freaking coach. Just because yeah. your last three coaches cry me a river, like right here, cry me a river. Yes. Some of your investments are going to fail. That right. is like, you will learn something from it. And you're going to keep it moving. Like yes. don't ever let life get in the way and just keep picking yourself back up. Yes. I love that. I continue to hear this in my head from coming from a place where I was literally depressed, ready to kill myself multiple times on my couch. And my grandmother who just turned 80 this week kept telling me, just keep going. And you know what, instead of being dead and depressed and drunk and crazy, the way I was, I was able to pull together with my family and throw her a surprise 80th birthday party because of just keep going. And we did that this last Sunday. So, so whether it's yo granny or Ed Milet or Beagle telling you just keep going one more time. Don't give up persistence. Win. do the freaking thing. Yep. Yep. One more yep. time. I yep. love that. Yes. yes. I love Oh my God. Goodness. I'm so pumped up. Throwing your 80th birthday party for your grandma, who was this inspiration for you. And it's like, you know, like Oftentimes we have to rely on a spirit that's bigger than ours and your grandmother's clearly injected you with hers. Mm -hmm. And so isn't it crazy how that infinite loop comes back where you were able to honor her with this birthday party that means everything. It means more to her than you will ever know. Yeah. Than you will ever know. And it's like, it's things like that that make life worth living. It's not the freaking money. It's not the money. The money is great when you're in struggle bus season or whatever, but after that, it, money is hollow. Money is just energy. It comes, it goes. It's a commodity. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 For sure. Honor yeah. Yourself. Helps us hire, hire the Elvis impersonator. Okay. I mean, money is <laughs> tools. Money gives us options. It's great. I saw that. That was the coolest thing ever. I was like, That's dude, fun. you just have like so much personality, but like those experiences, like you, like it brought me joy seeing that. I was like, this is crazy. These Oklahomians, like they're, they're hilarious. You know, like everything's got to be next level. There's even Elvis. And <laughs> it just was so cute. Like it pulls the heartstrings of people and Yeah. It was nice to be able to kind of come full circle from all of that. And I have people like you in my life to thank for that motivation and telling me I can be, I don't have to be the loud girl who's told to sit down, shut up, be quiet. You have the special sauce, like you said, and the sauce isn't for everybody. 
No, it's yeah, no, it's not. So not everyone can handle the sriracha. So like that's it. Um, I love those people. I mean, I, I can't even find enough of them anymore. I'm like, can someone tell me to sit down? Shut up, I can't find them anymore. You know, once you become so resolute in who you are, they all go away. Like when you're ready to fight the verbal fight, then there's no one left. And you're like, come on, come at me. Um, but you know, like you are you are gifted in your voice. And, and in our program, we teach this concept that's our IP, which is owning your empowered voice. And I believe that through and through and through and through and through. And owning your empowered voice, what that actually means is you speaking from your place of your highest and best and greatest, most potent self. You're speaking from that place. And it's not something, we don't want to teach a hundred thousand people to talk like me. That's not what we want. I don't want a hundred thousand beagles walking around, you know, five, two energy acting like a lightning bolt. We don't need that. But what we need is like, we need Amy to stand up and speak her truest, most empowered voice. The world needs that. The world needs that. So can we please take off the invisible muzzle that I will say most women get placed on them by mm-hmm. not just men, other women. Yes. The yes. The family, get yeah, Aunt Betty, I'm looking at your ass. Oh, mama. Oh, you too. You too, school teacher, that one abusive husband or boyfriend or whatever, all these people. But a lot of times it's women putting muzzles on other women because they are powerless and mm-hmm. we need to cut them out too. Like, yeah. we need to cut yeah. y'all out, need to let you go because some of us have sauces that are brewing and stewing and we got to go and put ourselves out there. So because of that, I'm a big fan of making sure that I am like, they, they say it online all the time, helping straighten another woman's crown, um, mm-hmm. but also reminding her when she's ass down face up and her crown has fallen off of her, that she still deserves the crown. She still owns the crown. That crown is still hers and it will never fit anyone else. She needs mm-hmm. to get the fuck back up so she can put her crown back on. Get up, queen. That crown is going to be sitting there, out there, on the floor, on the dirt. You know what I'm saying? So it's once yeah. it's, it's 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 even further. So go the extra mile. Be the person that you would want to be, that you mm-hmm. would want for you in your life. Be that person, and I promise you, all the riches of life will follow you when you are in a give first, receive second mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm. Girl, I'm fired up. Tell the listeners where if they want to get fired up and work with you, they're in that place where they need coaching. They need yeah. branding, a real brand that fully encompasses who they are and what they stand for. How do they get with you? Go to our website. Easiest way. We launch W-E-L-A-U-N-C-H dot design. Um, and then there's a place you can go there. You can book a call. You can actually hop on a call with me. Um, and we're really open-handed. So like, if we think you are not ready, um, or your, our program doesn't make sense for you, we are not hard sellers and I'm a badass at sales. We do not hard, hard sale. So if you're not in that position, you're not in that place, we will tell you what you need to do next. Maybe who you need to work with if it's not us. And we believe in abundance and it's helped our business 2X year over year. So it definitely works. Um, but we're not going to hard pressure anybody into anything. So I just encourage them to reach out. All right. So we launch.design. That's where you find her. All her other links are there. Thank you so much, Bijal, for bringing you and your sauce to this podcast. I'm so (laughs) eternally grateful for meeting you in Dallas that time. And I hope that we see each other again soon. 
Me too. Thanks for having me, Amy. You're the best. You're amazing. Thank you.